folks, welcome into the Irish NFL show, uh, live the first time in a long time, as you can probably sense from my sheer quietness and urge to get on the camera. Uh, Michael McQuaid, delighted to be joined uh, for the first time live in a few months. Uh, first off, by Colm Cronin. Colm, uh, how are you? You doing good? You're doing very well, Colm. You're actually muted at the moment. So, uh, a bit, bit, That's bit fantastic. There we go. Um, yeah, no, good. Enjoying the the sunshine, and yeah, I think we're we're live. It's first time since the draft, I believe. First time since the draft, uh, and talking about drafts, we've got Brian O'Leary, who's also on mute. Brian, how are you? Michael, you must be the one muting us <laughs> because it's, we're normally on top of these things. And I, I was enjoying I, I was enjoying the ten peaceful seconds of not having to listen to Colin. I thought he was on a rant there for a second. There's Fred. I knew we're going to be back in be back in business. Don't worry, it's, there'll be plenty of rants, Brian. Was he I, talking I about Liverpool that. or talking about the NFL? Oh, look, I haven't been this excited since the 28th of May when Liverpool were beating my Real Madrid in the Champions League final. <laughs> I've, been, I've been holding that <laughs> one for three months. But uh, look, I can't say I haven't seen this, but it is good to be back doing live shows. Bank Holiday Monday, I think it was after the draft, when we recapped on, which was an event for a few weeks. But we've still is that how long it's been? So it's been, uh, it's been what, three months? Give or take. And that's not to say we haven't been lashing out good content. Michael, we've had a very, very good summer. We've had a number of GMs on the show. Uh, uh, new head coach and Kevin O'Connell. And I believe we've got a few other things in the pipeline for the next few weeks. So I think there's a good bit of, good bit of content coming. Yeah, I think it's great to be back because ultimately the, show, the, the best shows for me are the live shows. Well, first off, folks, if you are listening into the podcast or watching live, thank you very much for doing so. We are presented by the Erlingus College Football Classic, which lads is like 16 days away. It's two weeks this weekend in Northwestern against Nebraska. A bit more news to come on that very soon. Uh, you can follow us at IRENFL on Twitter. We're now on TikTok. Brian's in charge of TikTok at NFL Ireland. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'll just, you know, just, just to confirm to everybody, we're, we're back live every Thursday in the lead up to the new season and we also have content coming out on Sunday uh, like separate interview shows we've got the GM of the Indianapolis Colts Chris Ballard coming on this week as you can see below uh, and also Jordan Schultz coming on this Sunday as well uh, and then we're going to also have um, big division previews coming up over the next few weeks because one month today is the start of the regular season on the Sunday September the 11th uh, with some great games which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit tonight and uh, yeah so looking forward to it really appreciate the support folks especially it's been you know it can be quiet in the off season but to have people tune in every week on the show both video audio means it means an awful lot to uh, call them um, we should we should highlight michael for anyone obviously look it's been a busy summer a lot of people it is their one opportunity in the year maybe to to get away and if people did miss some of the interviews with the likes of Joe Shaheen, with the likes of Kevin O'Connell, uh, Tom Telesco and others, um, they are available both on our YouTube channel and as a, a podcast. And we were very fortunate, some really kind of interesting people. Um, the, the GMs uh, are a very smart and interesting group. Uh, so well worth uh, checking those out. Whether you're a fan of those teams or not, I mean, look, Tom Telesco should be an arch rival. Uh, given that um, we are Broncos fans, but you'd have to say he was really, really interesting to talk to. Well, we'll start off with you, Brian, then, and we'll go back to Colm in a second. Uh, any, you know, uh, do you want to maybe recap on, on, on your off-season? Has there been a storyline of the off-season for you? You've had a busy few months, Brian, you know, 
Dublin, we all thought we were going to win the All-Ireland. And you went, well, I'll just say, I'll tell everybody publicly, you went very quiet for a few days uh, whenever Shawnee done the visit. But uh, we'll have Polly on soon and say to have a Well, chat. I knew this was going to come up tonight. I knew I wouldn't get away with this one. Um, but the semi-final, I was quiet for the final because thankfully I was in it. I was in the Algarve enjoying myself with my family, with my wife and children, so I wasn't in the need to even take in the game. Uh, as for the semi-final, um, yeah, look, there was so many missed opportunities in the first half. I can't believe we're actually coming back into detail on Dublin versus Kerry, but uh, it feels again like one of those ones that got away. And There's an interesting few months ahead for the GEA board in Dublin, but um, I don't think we want to spend too much time talking about that. As for the off-season, uh, you, you want to start on in the NFL? Um, people probably be surprised by this one because they probably think it's all about the trades or the trade of Russell Wilson or Raiders retiring and then not retiring and all these other quarterback merry-go-rounds. It's the one that hasn't moved and he shouldn't be moving. And he shouldn't be moving for a long time and it's Lamar Jackson. But I still can't get my head around the fact that we are four weeks away tonight from the start of the season. And as you said, the 11th of August, the 11th of September, they're four weeks away from the Ravens playing the Jets in MetLife and there's no contract. He still hasn't received, he still hasn't got his agent. Well, he has his mother who, who acts as his, his agent, and there's no sign of any contract. And I saw a couple of interesting reports during the week, and it's mad. We're talking about next season. We haven't even got to start this season. We're all craving for the new season. And people are suggesting, and we suggested it in June when we had our live show in Ballymount, that if you don't get it resolved soon, it could come to a stage where um, the Ravens say enough's enough and they just start looking at alternatives. And I know people don't think... I'm mad in saying that, but like, how long can you wait? Because he's not keen on signing the contract. I think he's jeopardizing his own career because if he gets injured this season, he's such a great quarterback and he's so dynamic, but he's always prone to an injury. So that's my one. The fact that that's not done and could it be the storyline of the next offseason potentially if he was to be traded, but that's probably something for further down the line. Column, uh, talk to the hand because if he isn't listening, um, people on the podcast uh he's wearing a shirt with a, like i actually think you're pulling it off very very well um <laughs> what's been your story of all the offseason and have you you've you've a quite a busy offseason as well yourself man it's it's a michigan uh t-shirt for for anyone who who's watching and um, it's that's that that's what it's in in relation to um the look the where where, where to begin with this uh this offseason um we we could discuss a team that has new ownership a new quarterback a new president um but we'll 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 leave that one for for right now because um once again he is the the story of the day the man who uh you know almost led his his team potentially to another super bowl only for cooper cup to ruin it for him um late late in the game he then um did we talked about um qb uh, hokey Cokey last year. Well, he did the Hokey Cokey himself. He was in, out, in, out, retired, unretired. He flirted with the Dolphins. Bill Belichick maybe put a, a stop to that with a, an inadvertent text to Brian Flores. And then he's gone on holiday in the middle of training camp. And everybody says, this is fine. This is the most normal thing in the world. Um, uh, what he asked where... Where is Marco? Indeed, where is he? Maybe he is on holiday with Tom. Tom on a, a, a holiday, a cruise, maybe on a Caribbean Mark island. Retired. We don't know. He's gone. 
10 days, 10 days he's uh, he's disappeared for. You you imagine, look, he's Tom Brady. I'm sure it'll all be fine. We've seen it all before. But there's got to be somebody out there, one of his teammates, who thinks, hang on, this guy wanted to be on another team, and now he's disappeared in the middle of training camp? It's an interesting one. Um, and the, yeah, sorry, go on, Michael. I was just going to update everyone on my on my off season, and it's been a quiet enough off season personally. Um, I want to thank Colin publicly. Colin has took the show on the edit and reins for the last four weeks because I I was I was off, and uh, this tan is not from a holiday at all, as Brian said off camera before the start of this show. Um, no, it's been a really it's I actually lads find it hard to believe that we're sitting a month away tonight from week one. It's quite scary, it's quite daunting, but it's also quite exciting and. Um, I think the season's going to be class, and I'm I'm looking forward to us um, going to London, going to Arizona. I think it's going to be great crack. It's going to be a really, really good year, and I'm looking forward to also seeing a lot of people in a couple of weeks' time in Dublin, obviously American football fans, so it's going to be good fun. Um, I think for me, I'm going to be talking maybe a bit more about Brady in a second. I I think there's a lot more to that, and I do agree with what you're saying, Calm. I mean, I watched Todd Bowles' press conference earlier on, and there's something going on. He couldn't 100% say that Tom Brady was going to be the quarterback week one. Um, I just find it hilarious. He's got that much of a hold on the team that he can go off for uh, a couple of weeks and come back pretty sweet. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I flirted with a number of different storylines for the offseason. I think Baker Mayfield is going to be a massive, massive story this season. I, The fact that he's already beat out Sam Darnold in camps, I think says it all, not that Sam Darnold's any good. He's not going to be traded anytime soon. I just, something tells me Mayfield could have the complete renaissance this year. Or he'll fall in his arse. Now, Michael, I have a bone of contention with you with Baker Mayfield. Because... Um, a couple of months back, you were very outspoken on this show about a particular player who, who bought another person's jersey. And you said you thought it was a bit, a bit of a farce. Well, uh, Baker Mayfield has bought the punter's jersey, and uh, I was waiting to see your, your comments on that, but it never materialized. Yeah, there is lot, on there, there's one as well, called, uh, Brian, with the Lions, with Matthew Stafford's jersey as well. And yeah, that's true. Yeah, the new wide receiver is taking number nine. It's only today that was. Yeah. Yes. Anything to say on the Browns, no? No. Uh, Fred Flunk is saying, lads, any info on Jeff attending the game in Dublin in two weeks? Um, no. Jeff, uh, well, congratulations to Jeff, friend of the show, obviously. Uh, he has joined Hawaii as a director of player development. Hopefully we'll hear from him. He's very busy, lads. In case you're wondering where his podcast is, he's flat out, but he'll be back soon. He's not attending the game. Uh, Jason Bell is attending the game. More on that in a bit. There's loads of questions. It's... Uh, Michael in the Panthers hoodie. Easy, Brian. It's 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 definitely uh, it's definitely good to be back. Yeah, Brian, you I should have maybe noted that about Kayvon Thibodeau, who apparently column going by Brian is the second coming, and apparently all the all the things have fallen into place for this Giants team, and I I hope they have. I, I hope they have because I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far for the Super Bowl. Um, the, um, no, I I jumped in. Um, Apologies for jumping in. I was actually going to rob him been on the Brady team because we, um, we got some questions in today and one that came in from Declan, uh, who's a good friend of ours and supports the show. He asked a question on the fact that Brady wasn't penalised um, as part of this whole investigation, but yet the Dolphins have been 
you know, they've lost a first round pick, and I think it's a fourth. And Brady is, as Colin has touched on, he's flirted with the Dolphins, and he's walked away scot free with no reprimand. He has been reprimanded at all. So Brady does what he wants, and Brady can go away in a ten day holiday during during the training camp, and I don't think it's going to impact him whatsoever. Because um, I remember a couple of years ago when COVID kicked in, Colin made the point that Brady had no off season like anybody else, and still managed to to win a Super Bowl with, with his new team and. I don't think this will impact the team whatsoever come week one or beyond into the season. We will talk, there's a few comments there about the game in Dublin, lads. We'll talk about that towards the end of the show, about maybe what plans are and stuff, and talk about that as well. Uh, Colm, has there been anything outside of Tom Brady that you've picked up on in training camp? I watched the uh, Hard Knocks last night, the Detroit Lions, and I have to say I'm not being paid by HB with sports in any sense of the form here. I absolutely loved it. Dan Campbell, lads, is a oh my god! Like you, you, you would have to literally if if you watch him in this show, you will be rooting for this team this year. I want them to get over ten wins. Not going to happen. Maybe seven or eight, but unreal. Like he literally loves. Like he just, you just know from watching him, he loves that team. Um, there's also a couple of players that are dancing, singing. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson's, I think, thing went viral, but really enjoyed it. I think it'll be on TV soon. And maybe on Game Pass by the weekend. I of course watched it completely legally, Colin. Well, um, I look hard knocks is always uh, good fun to to watch, and I think we have seen some clips on social media of the the Lions, and certainly you know what they will be looking to do is we've seen the kind of togetherness that they have. They've added some pieces, and we um, you know can they can they build on that. The, the the pieces look training camp are it's good fun and you watch it and you get these incredible hype videos um but it is it's training camp and i think that's you know pre-season training camp i remember last year um you know zach wilson was getting a lot of love at uh training camp and it was as if he was the the qb that was going to have the best season right trevor lawrence we knew had the, the talent but it looked at that point that zach wilson was ready to take the league by storm and then you, you saw the way in which um that played out so I think um, you have to, to take it all with a, a little bit of a, a pinch of salt, perhaps. For me, so, some of the, the ones, the, the stories that are probably worth keeping an eye on are around potentially some of the, the injuries, and particularly uh, Matthew Stafford. Um, there has been uh, an issue with Matthew Stafford's um, throwing elbow, um, and that seems to be causing quite a lot of soreness. And... They, that is one obviously that that they, you know we're gonna need to to keep an eye on to see how that goes, and there there's obviously um the you know for for some of the other players who who are missing, when will David Bakhtiari be back for for the Packers? Um, that it that is one, and Kyler Murray, poor Kyler Murray, uh, he won't have DeAndre Hopkins uh, for the, the the a significant chunk to, of time at the start of the season. He's obviously had the issues around that clause in the contract, um, but then he picked up COVID and now he has um, a sore sore wrist. Um, don't know if that's plan playing uh, Call of Duty on uh, Xbox, um, but you would have to say a less than ideal off season for for Kyler and the Cards. Brian, the Cardinals are going to be in hard knocks in season. 
premiering this November. I'm sure you'll be watching it. Well, it'd be interesting to see what the relationship is like between Kingsbury and Kyler Murray because for those who haven't uh, picked up on the contract that was signed, I believe, about three or four weeks ago, um, the fact that they initially put in this four-hour study stipulation that he's studying tape for four hours every day and then they, they pulled it out and I suppose that information shouldn't have been leaked. But um, it feels like he's been rewarded with a contract you know, for essentially not doing his job because he, he did come out with some strange quotes and I don't need to do any study, I know it inside out, but judging by what we saw towards the back end of last season and as Colin always likes to remind us that particular playoff game in which the guys, uh, the Peyton, the Mannings and, and Russell Wilson all questioned his his plays in that game. So it'll be interesting to see where his head's at because time and time again, people are questioning if he has the right attitude. He's got the money now. You know, that should be going away. The head coach has got the money. He's under pressure this year. You know, because it started so well over the years, he seemed to fall away. So I just want to pick up on what Colin said about training camp. I mean, the injuries, like for you guys, Tim Patrick looked like, you know, standout player and everybody felt he was going to have a big year, but Russell Wilson gone. McCoy Beckton, there's a storyline behind that with the Jets anyway. He's gone. Um, Nikhil Harry, I don't know if he picked up on that today. I know the Bears took a took a flyer on him, taking him in from the Patriots. He's essentially gone there till November. He's not going to get signed there. He's going to be, <clears throat> you can't see why the Bears would hang on to him. Jakeem Grant, who was with the Dolphins and the Bears, very explosive player, gone with the Browns and the Giants have lost a rookie uh, offensive line in McKeaton, uh, ACL as well. So like, we, we, we get into it in more detail on Sunday with um, Jordan Chills, but like, the question has to come at some stage, when are they going to look at training camp? Because we have the CBA and we have all the stuff that the teams go through and we'll see it tonight when the Giants play the Patriots in, in the preseason game. Realistically, most, most of the stars will play if a couple of snaps, maybe a couple of drives. Training camp needs to be bottlenecked. It needs to be reduced. It's gone on for too long. I mean, some of these players are in training camp from what, around the, the 15th, 18th of July, depending if you're a rookie or a veteran and you're not seeing a field until the 11th of September. It's, it's, it's madness. It needs to be looked at. Said it last year, said it again and There'll be four or five more players, I guarantee it, before, before week one that will go and be big players, which will impact the each team season. It's a bit like the... We should have like a National League before the actual season starts off, maybe have a bit of crack. Yeah, and there weren't... like Some players are wearing different helmets this year, but yet injuries are still happening. Uh, I was joking about Colin sort of having the crack when I was on holiday, and there was a day when I picked up my phone and seen Tim Patrick was out for the year, and I thought... I'm, I'm turning my phone off now. I, I hate this time of year for injuries, but you're right. You know, like there will be another three or four injuries. Please God, there's not, but it's just it's inevitable at this time of year that something's going to happen. I got there. Um, I'm going to put you lads on the spot now. There's been a couple. I think Fred put a comment in asking us about like bold predictions and stuff. We we have got stuff coming up both on Twitter and YouTube over the next few weeks. Looking at that, um, what about lads? How about this? Is there one team? at the minute in the NFL that you think have not improved at all over the last six months and you think could be in trouble and without going into too much detail um, I'll start off and say the Bears uh, what protection has Justin Fields got who's he going to throw the ball to Detroit's improved Detroit has improved Minnesota have got a new GM and a new head coach and Kirk Cousins is probably going to play a bit better and Aaron Rodgers uh, has got what he wants so that's mine if you can, I mean if you want to piggyback on the Bears and, and agree with me that's I'm not trying to throw at the Bears fans but Colin what's your thoughts yeah. 
no, the, look, the, the poor, the poor old bears, you got to feel sorry for, um, for bears fans. It's, it's been, um, you know, again, not, not an easy off season and Roquan Smith this week. Um, but to me, and, um, I'm sure there, there are plenty of people who, who may not like it, but I, I think if, I don't think the Cowboys, I think they're, they're still a, a solid team, but I, I don't think they've improved. I, I really don't. If you're, if you're looking at, at what they have done uh, over the course of the, the off season, um, it's, you know, you, Amari Cooper goes and um, Jerry Jones is sticking his nose in um, really around the, the Zeke stuff, which I think as, it's the last thing you want as a, a, a head coach or an offensive coordinator when the owner slash GM, when he wants to be, is deciding, you know, what, who, who gets a workload. And, and a lot of that comes back down to Zeke's contracting, I think, kind of justifying in his mind um, what uh, the, what they're paying um, Zeke. Look, don't, don't get me wrong. They have, still have some very talented players on that roster. Um, they still have a couple of really um, good players on, on the O-line. Um, but um, they, I, I think that they, they won't be the, the powerhouse that maybe um, they have have or threatened to be, right? Uh, it's the law of diminishing returns uh, on, since Zeke's first season. Um, we've seen Dak flash at times, um, but I, I just think that, you know, maybe others in the NFC East uh, and in the league writ large have really improved in the, the off season. And I, I think Dallas are at best standing still, perhaps taking one or two steps back. It might surprise many people, but I would say the number one seeds from the AFC, the Tennessee Titans. I mean, we saw how the season ended. You know, there's so much kind of question marks over whether Tannehill is the right answer quarterback. He's so inconsistent. We saw that playoff game against the Bengals. And then on draft night, they trade away arguably one of the best wide receivers in the league in A.J. Brown. And yeah, they made an immediate replacement in terms of bringing in a wide receiver in the first round. But, you know, People have said to me, oh, yeah, but Jamar Chase did it last year and in his fourth year and the Bengals went to the, the Super Bowl. But you got to look at where the Bengals were last year in terms of what their expectation were, what expectations were compared to what people would expect out of the Titans to put all that pressure on a, a wide receiver who's just come out of the draft to pick it up and pick up the slack immediately. And I'm not sure where, where Tannehill's head's at. I mean, he didn't show up for any the monetary, uh, sorry, the voluntary camps and he's getting paid towards your minute a year. He should be there. He's had a difficult end of the season. So I think there's a lot of question marks with the Titans this season. And then the flip side of that is the Colts have only improved. You know, they brought in Matt, Matt, Matt Ryan from the Falcons. And like we, you'll see it in the interview with, with Chris Ballard, if people take time out to watch it, how, how impressed he's been already with Matt Ryan. And like you could argue right now the Colts are the better team and, and certainly the favourites to win that division, which you wouldn't have thought, bearing in mind that come towards the back end of the season, a lot of people felt the Titans could potentially go to the Super Bowl. But that's, I think... We could see a drop off from the Titans this year. It never to be number one to something else, but I just think overall, I don't think they're going to be the team we saw last year. Yeah, and we've got Chris Ballard coming onto the show this Sunday. Uh, Chris Ballard is the GM of the Indianapolis Colts, and if you're a Colts fan or an NFL fan, you might want to watch it because he talks not just about the season ahead, but also about potential international games in the future. And that's all I'm going to say. Uh, that's on. Uh, YouTube at 7 o'clock on Sunday and on Twitter at 10 o'clock on Sunday. Or if you just love listening to the soothing tones of Brian O'Leary and Colm here, um, 
podcast seven o'clock on Saturday. The NFL preseason does not get underway tonight. The NFL preseason got underway last Thursday in the Hall of Fame game. Uh, the Raiders played the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, lads, who, who, if anybody, are we keen to see in action? I'm actually intrigued to see um, back up James McCourt, who has not had a bad training camp at all for the Los Angeles Chargers. And um, I know we're all rooting for him. It's going to be pretty cool. I think he's going to get a bit of reps this weekend. I think they're playing the Rams in a scrimmage or a preseason game this weekend. Um, it would be fantastic if he made the final roster. So, you know, time will tell what seems to happen or what seems to have been happening going by social media, at least. And people that spoke to somebody that covers the Chargers this week, they're really impressed with him. So maybe if it doesn't work out from there, he'll still be able to pick up somewhere else. Uh, please God, he has a good training camp and it makes history because we've been waiting since, what, 1986. So that's the one that I'm looking for, selfishly. Um, just to see what happens. Colin, uh, is there any... Anybody you're keen to see in action this weekend? Will you be staying up tonight to watch the games on NFL Game Pass? Uh, no, because I didn't win the Euro Million, so I still have to work. So um, I, I won't be staying up to, to watch it. But I, I have a couple of players, actually, I'm really interested in to see them. Um, Jordan Davis, uh, Fred and Brian will be absolutely delighted with that one, I'm sure. But look, um, he... You know, he brings something um, to to the to the field that no one else, I think, around the league does. I mean, look, if if people haven't seen it, obviously the video that went uh, viral of him and and Cam Jurgens and uh, just just bunny hopping him um, back along the field, and then afterwards, I thought um, he got asked about it, and for a young guy, he made all the right noises. Joe Joe Flacco, Ryan Tannehill. Um, take a note out of um, the book of the young man who went in front of the, the media and was asked about the video going viral and, and he said I hate it he said look that was one drill there were plenty of other one-on-one drills and, and Cam has uh, gotten the, the best of me and uh, people shouldn't be just focusing on that um, that's how you handle media questions so um, I, I'm really interested to see what, what he can um, do for the Eagles and I suppose the other one is Trey Lance it's Trey Lance season in San Francisco. Mike Silver had a really interesting piece today. He's um, back with the San Francisco Chronicle and he had a really interesting piece around Jimmy G. And um, apparently uh, after Jimmy G signed um, a then record deal uh, a few years ago, 2018, I think it was, and um, had been sitting with the Lynch and with Kyle Shanahan, um, he then disappeared for for months. Um, wasn't returning phone calls, wasn't returning text messages, um, and that is part of the reason why um, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers wanted to to move on from Jimmy. That might help to explain why they were willing to give up what they did to move up in the draft. We've always, you know, I think that there'll always be kind of talk around that, and maybe it'll be. 10 years time that the book comes out and we'll we'll learn what was really going on but that was very interesting look trey trey lance has uh, thrown fewer passes in his career to date um in college um and in the nfl than tom brady did um in last season so we need to see what trey lance can do and look in in kyle shannon he obviously has a, a very gifted head coach, but Kyle now has to, you know, come 
scheme without his right hand man in, in Mike McDaniel. So that is definitely something I am keeping my eye on. I don't know how much of him we'll see, but I imagine we'll see a little bit of trail outs over the course of uh, preseason. I've got a couple for you. I'll start with the quarterback battle in Seattle. Um, you know, I mean, it's 12 months removed from when Drew Locke lost out to Teddy Bridgewater, and it looks like right now he's going to lose out to Geno Smith, which doesn't say a lot for Drew Locke. And uh, I still think it's quite surprising that the Seahawks haven't potentially made a move for Jimmy G. And maybe there's a whole reasons behind that that Fortnite just won't release him within the division. But it'd be interesting to see who does win it. You know, as we touched on in separate conversations, it looks like. Gino's ahead of him in the pecking order, but I mean, those things can change. But the problem is, how much can you really, I suppose, how much can you really take on in terms of um, what we see in preseason? Most defenses are not showing any schemes. It's all vanilla stuff, and it's hard to really get a proper feel. And then a couple of players, because they're getting so much hype, and they're second round wide receivers, and Sky Moore with the Chiefs. A lot of people are saying Tyreek Hill is gone, but Sky Moore will be able to step up. It's a big ask again. To, have a rookie wide receiver stick come in and everybody's saying he's flying in, in, in camp and Colin said earlier seen all these videos and it's this and that but it'd be different come the regular season but look we know Herman's seeing what he can do in, in, the, in the games over the weekend and next week and then because the Giants were scrutinised for not taking Sky more than they went with a wide receiver a couple of, a couple of picks later and one day Robinson out of Kentucky I'm interested to see how he gets on this evening against the Patriots and next week but um, again I don't know how much of this we can really Take on because of this, you know, yourselves. Preseason is preseason. We've seen the re- teams win preseason games for them, and then they don't win any games till week eight or week nine because reality sets in. So, look, all we can do is enjoy it, and it's, it's a nice flavor for what we're going to get ahead of us come September. Before we get to the preseason and before we get to September, uh, both myself and Colm had the opportunity to go to the Shamrock Bowl last Sunday, and I think it would be a miss not to bring it up. Uh, massive thanks to American Football Ireland for the invitation, to Aidan McGuire, who's the uh, commissioner, uh, GM of American Football Ireland at, at the moment. And up in Belfast and in Kingspan, Colm, it, it was it was really, really good days. Crack, obviously, congratulations to UCD uh, and commiserations to Dublin Rebels. But I have to say, um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the crack around the game. I fought both quarterbacks and especially the running backs for uh, UCD were fantastic. Like, really, really enjoyed watching it. Uh, a good day's crack. I mean, he didn't sample any Nordy Tito. I was going to offer you some, but... Uh, no, I didn't didn't get to, to sample any Nordy Tato, but it, it was, I thought it was an excellent game and delighted for um, UCD. I'm definitely a little bit biased having worked there and, and having, at that time, gone to see... Um, the lads kind of in most of their their home games done a lot around kind of social media interviews with with them and look Tom Donovan was on with us uh, last summer and he goes on to have an MVP uh, performance in the the final um, two two re- two really really good teams and the the Rebels had an absolutely incredible season and kind of just um, really put it up to, to UCD for three quarters. I think injuries, they, they were like warriors in fairness. There were there were guys who picked up injuries to the Rebels and, and just continued on. But I think ultimately in that, that final quarter, UCD were able to um, kind of pull, pull away. And on both sides of the ball, they they were um, outstanding. It's, um, I think, the, the games the, the week before, um, you know, in Division One and, and Division Two. Um, I, 
uh, were, um, from what I hear, um, really good as well. And I know that um, Liam Ryan, who is the OC with the, the Vikings and a guy who's been involved in the domestic game for a long, long time, um, was live streaming um, both those games and the Shamrock Bowl. Um, and that's, you know, a, a great addition so that wherever people are, they get the opportunity to watch. And I, I think he was saying at, that um, at one point um, there were over 1,500 people watching the, the live stream of the Shamrock Bowl, which is a testament, I think, to the popularity of the, the game uh, across the, the island. Looking forward to next year, Brian. I know you're going to drive us down to wherever that might be. So, well, I, I didn't, I didn't make it unfortunately last Sunday because I was occupied in, in at a different game. But um, just as well because I, I've been out with Callum a couple of times over over the course of the summer, and I believe he was the party animal on the on the UCD bus all the way back to Dublin. So, you know, as a man who's been out with Callum a few times, I find it you know, very difficult to keep up, and uh, I can only imagine what, what it would have been like if I had a went last Sunday. Not fair, Conor. There was a good sing song on the supporters bus on, on the way home. And uh, I think um, everyone thoroughly in, in enjoyed themselves. I, th I think in, in terms of, um, I suppose, looking then to the... Um, are we are we do are we doing questions or are we do, are we are we talk, are we looking uh, a little bit more around? I think we can jump into this if you up. want, but if, if you don't want it, it's it's, it's all good. No, so, let's um, let's go. Do we think it's do or die for some quarterbacks? Tua, tackle. I can't. I'm gonna be able to pronounce his surname by the end of the season. Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones. And um, I'll start off. Derek Carr, no, because. He's got he's got the contract, hasn't he? He got the extension. Yeah. He got more money. Yeah. Uh, they'll give him more time. I'm something tells me it'll take time for him and Adams to gel, which is fair enough. Uh, Cousins, no, it'll be a couple of years, I think. Tannehill, yes. Daniel Jones, I, 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 I like Colin. If Daniel Jones has a poor start to the season, I, I hope he gets a great start to the season before Brian thinks I'm jumping on the team here. Do you think he sees the season out? Who's the backup in New York? Tyrod Taylor. You go out in the lung for him. Big time. Dan, Daniel Jones will definitely see the, the season out. I he think. Will, I uh, it, it, it's all for, for the Giants, it's, it's all about seeing what they have the, this year. And if it doesn't work out, you know, they, they're going to take the QB uh, next year. I, I think Derek Carr could have a very good season, but I, I do think if he doesn't, um, let, let's see. I think that if you look at the way in which that, um, it's, you know, the extension was structured, that only guarantee, that only really guaranteed a year. Um, you know, that's, that's all it really guaranteed. They gave themselves an out there. Um, so, that that is one that that potentially, um, Tannehill, you'd really Malik Willis would would have to make you know enormous strides, but I do think he is under uh, so, some pressure certainly after the way um it ended, um, Tua should be a, a a lot better you you would imagine, and and if he's not, um, given what they have put around him, both in terms of the offensive line in terms of weapons and when you bring Mike Daniel in and the running game that he should bring in. Um, yeah, Tua is, I, I think there definitely will be, you know, um, questions asked if Tua uh, doesn't uh, doesn't perform. 
and Kirk Cousins, yeah, like Cousins is is an interesting one because statistically, Kirk Cousins is a top ten QB, right? But that's where I think there you need to delve a lot more um, into the game than just statistics because. Would you trust Kirk Cousins to lead your your team to victory in in a clutch moment? And um, I I am very interested to see though what he can do with Kevin O'Connell. We we were lucky to get the opportunity to to speak to Kevin O'Connell. He is I mean he's a brilliant football mind. He's super smart. Um, he gave us why I, when I asked him the question about like what makes an elite QB. I think he gave us a six-minute answer on the physical traits, um, the personality uh, traits, um, the mental side of things. So uh, I, I, this is not going to be Mike Zimmer uh, versus Kirk Cousins that we've seen over the past couple of years where it's emerged that, unsurprisingly, they didn't particularly like each other. I don't think that was uh, any sort of state secret. Um, but so I expect Cousins to to be better. But yeah, if he if he doesn't perform, the thing is though, I, it's not like the Vikings have a huge amount of capital to kind of go up and, and get somebody. Um, unlike maybe some of the the other teams. Um, and and I imagine look, her cousins would be good enough for them to win at least eight or nine games. The question is, can her cousins? be good enough to allow them to win 10, 11, 12 games that they, um, you know, might really realistically need. Do you want to run through that list as well? To a scenario for me, I said it in June when we recorded out in Ballymount, the strikes we have a situation where the Dolphins would have to make a deep run in the playoffs for two to be back as the quarterback next year. I could see a scenario, because the, the economist touched on it, the amount of players they brought in, really strong players, They've been very aggressive in the offseason. Um, Tyreek Hill is a starting new player in the league, and he's there now. They would have to have a serious push. If it was one of the cases where they got in and it was a wild card defeat, I think the narrative for most Dolphins fans and the league would be if only was a better quarterback in Miami, that team could have went up a little bit further. So for me, I think he's honest. It's a, a really proven year. So I, I, I'd, be, I'd be thinking he won't be there next year. Cousins... I think Cousins' scenario, I could see Cousins being gone by next year because I think, um, what Kevin O'Connell says, all the things we expect from head coaches. And I mean, he went through all the traits of what he expects from a quarterback. Well, then straight away, you ask yourself, is that Kirk Cousins? Because straight forward, he's let himself down badly over the, over the course of a couple of years. And I know you suggest that him and Zimmer didn't get on, but you also read some of the stuff in which he done to Zimmer, which is really disappointing and very unprofessional and not speaking to him for a week leading to a game. Because he criticised him after a game. I mean, you need to be thick-skinned in this league. There's many a quarterback that's been ridiculed by a head coach on a Sunday and they come back the following week and prove it and everything's fine. So I think that's that's one I think he's in jeopardy. Daniel Jones is gone next year. That's that's not even, that's not even for me. He has to have an MVP here. Just, I don't see I said it in June. Other guys have come out on social over the past week and said the same. Um, I mean, where's the upside? We have a good season. We get to the playoffs and we've got to pay him 38 million a year. No. Not for me. He's, he won't be there. Um, you don't, Derek Carr, but he's staying. Absolutely. And was there anyone else in there? Mm. Oh, Tannehill. I think I've already made me feeling scared tonight on Tannehill. So that one, they might be stuck with him because he's on 23 million a year. That's the problem. I mean, that's a big get out. This, the cap hell for the Titans is on the way if they decide to move on from, from Tannehill because he has a three or four year contract there. 
Yeah, and thanks everyone for putting comments in tonight, both on YouTube and also on Twitter as well. Trying to get to the ones on Twitter that pop up and they go away again. Uh, Jer Mullins asking about the Lions and maybe the chances they can make the playoffs. We are going to have a show, Jer, and everyone watching for each division. We're going to go through teams in detail, but maybe very quickly. Uh, for me, they're a seven or eight win team. Um, maybe third in the division. Um Colm, do you want to spoil your preview of the NFC North or just give Jerry some feedback? Sounds like a big Lions fan, so it's a big year for Jarkov. Um, I, I think that the question for the Lions, probably it, a lot of it comes down to Jared Goff, uh, because I, I like it a lot of what they've done, certainly, and I think they've addressed a, a lot of the the questions they, look they started from a really really low base last year i mean the, they were not a good roster um but they played hard for dan campbell and um, they lost a, a couple of really close games they obviously then had a good ending to to the season um we we've seen um the the stuff on hard knocks the comments and stuff like that it looks like the the camaraderie is is there i suppose you know it, it they need to win games early this year, right? At least a few of them, because if they if they don't, um, then you know it becomes difficult to continuously motivate players if they're not winning. I think Goff needs to be better than than what he was. Um, he is a player who Dan Campbell criticized publicly la- last year, and he did respond the the week after, but he was up and down all too frequently. Um, Look, they have a, a pass uh, rush uh, there as well, and and they're um, they definitely have added pieces. Are they a playoff team? Everything would have to go right for them. Um, you you feel, and we certainly will go into it in more depth. Um, but I I do think that they are a, a team that has shown um, and should be significantly improved from where they were last year. The Bengals won four games this season uh, prior to going to the Super Bowl. It can happen. Games can come from absolutely nowhere and find themselves in the playoffs and make a run to the Super Bowl. Do I see the Lions making the playoffs? No. Do I think they're going to improve? Yeah, so I think even seven, eight wins is still a bit of a stretch. Um, and look, we, as I said, we've been touched on GMs and their coach we've had on. The first person we reached out to this, this offseason to get on the show was, was Dan Campbell. That was the first request that went in because he was really was entertaining. And one of the key things at the end of the season was how much Goff and him seemed to be on the same page, despite all the difficult defeats. They they had a, they rallied in a couple of wins and they looked to be on the same page. So I think he has created a unity within the camp. But ultimately, it's going to come down to how many games they win. And once again, last year was fine because they were losing some really tight games. I mean, you think of the Ravens game where the record, Tucker kicks a record, a field goal in terms of the length. Then they go into Pittsburgh. They end up drawing a game that goes to overtime. They were so close in so many games that you knew was, uh, that this was coming. And then they beat the Vikings. I know they beat the Packers with a second string at the end of the season. But they, they finished off well. But, like, they start with the Eagles. That's going to be difficult. There's other games then straight away that they, they got to the Green Bay early. They can't find themselves getting into a 0 5 situation because you know yourself, at that stage, it starts to unravel. And then before you know a head coach that looked like he was on the right track with a team. Is quickly things can quickly change, but I like what they've done in the offseason. I like what they did in the draft. I like, I like the fact that they went from 31 up to 12 to get um, William the wide receiver, whoever he felt was the best wide receiver in the draft, only for the fact that he was carrying such a, such a significant injury. So 
Look, I really hope they do well because he is a he's a character, Dan Campbell, and you know, Goff has had his critics as well. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. We're going to talk about the college game in one minute uh, before we get a final few topics. And um, at Joe Nannery, lads, is asking: Is Aaron Rodgers interested? Seems like he might pack it in midseason. Uh, I can think of two hundred and something million reasons why he might just plop along for a few. I mean, how ironic would that be if he? Just doesn't turn up to the London game and retires. Not going to happen, Colm, is it? No, it's uh, it, it's 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 not. Look, he's had a he has certainly had an interesting off season. Um, using some ayahuasca, which all, all good, all good now. Um, I'm, I'm sure there are, are some players uh, from a decade ago. Um, you know, Josh Gordon and others who would. Um, Love to how if the NFL had taken a similar approach um, to um, at, at that stage. Um, he has his new tattoo. No, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is um, you know it will will be it'll be an interesting one, right? Because the the Packers obviously that their wide receiving core has been um, you know it, it's not exactly much vaunted. I uh, was listening to to Sam and Steve on the the PFF uh, podcast, and um, they they made the, the point it'll be an int- really interesting to see if um, can I suppose Aaron Rodgers elevate this wide receiver core, or will it be the case the wide receiver core just aren't talented enough, and they as a result drag his play down a little bit following two MVP uh, seasons? That it's certainly something to to keep an eye on. Um, Andrew Brandt has always said that he feels that Aaron Rodgers is going to have one more season in Green Bay and that that's it. He'll be out after um, this season. And he feels that the con- the way the contract is structured allows that to, to happen. If, if he plays next year, he's definitely playing the year after because of the way in which the, the contract is structured. So could this be... Um, Aaron Rodgers' true last dance uh, at Lambeau. Well, Brian, there is the title for the YouTube video. Big thanks to Joe. I can't believe we're asking this question on the very first show of the new season. Is Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, look, Colin's made a fair point. You know, we've seen in the past where they've gone into games where they, they've been down a number of wide receivers, but because of the play which Aaron Rodgers can, can give you, he finds ways to get the job done. And, and You know, you ask the question then, you only have to be paying big money to wide receivers because no matter who he brings in, he seems to be able to get the job done. But there has been times over the past few years where he's, you know, he's convinced the ownership that the other wide receivers are, are lacking in comparison to Devontae Adams. And I'd ask the question, did he know Devontae Adams' trade was coming? He tried to play out that he did when he signed the contract. I'd, I'd be surprised if he, if, he, if he thought that was the case. I think he was coming back with the last dance potentially with Adams. But um, not to be, they brought in Sammy Watkins. He's a lot of people are going to talk up the fact that he's had a number of injuries over the past few years and he, he's still the player that he was when he was in Buffalo and stuff. I'm not convinced by that. So they do have two really effective wide receivers, or sorry, running backs and Aaron Jones. And we saw from AJ Dillon last year, he started to come on. So maybe they won't be as pass orientated as, as we're used to. They've also lost the offense quarter, coordinator. He's with yourselves now in Denver. So maybe they'll, they'll go a different route this year and maybe be a bit more run orientated and then. That will allow Rodgers to find players if you were free in the open field because teams are supposed doubling up on potential runs. Okay, let's uh, talk about our partners um, and also the fact that there's a massive game happening 
in Dublin in a couple of weeks' time. Dublin, Ireland will be the centre of, I guess, the American football universe for the weekend. Week zero, Northwestern playing Nebraska in the Erlingus College Football Classic. Colin, for me, it's it's almost hard to believe that this game is in two weeks. Like It seems, obviously, because of COVID and because of the delays to everything, it's just... It's hard to believe this game is in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to the game, there's been a few comments uh, this evening from various different people asking about the game in terms of pre-game tailgates. A lot of that information is on the website, collegefootballireland.com and also on the College Football Ireland Instagram page. There's like a brochure you can download, like a PDF file. Um, there's like bars and tailgates, just tailgates on the Friday. Uh, very much looking forward to going to the show, both as a fan and someone working at a column. Um, it's going to be a good weekend. Yeah, it, it will. I mean, I look, I, I keep saying it. I have been going to the college game since 1991, the Wild Geese Classic in Limerick. Um, it's always enjoyable. And this one um, should be interesting as well. Two huge rivals, two uh, teams that really are looking to kind of turn their, their programs around after uh, a disappointing year for both uh, last year. I know that there was a question coming in around kind of are there some players here who um, could, you know, will, will it go in, in the draft? And yeah, there, there certainly are. There are plenty. Um, I, I wrote a, a couple of profiles that are on the Irish NFL show website. Um, but one of the players definitely to, to keep an eye on is the left tackle for Northwestern, um, Peter Skoransky, uh, who the Athletic describe him as arguably the best tackle in college football. He, he's a sophomore, um, a guy who came in, um, had to replace uh, Rayshon Slater. Uh, I think lesser players probably would have been intimidated by having to to do that. Um, but he uh, he's immense. He's a, a, a real, really great, great talent. I, I think um, both of these, neither of them, as we sit here today, have breathtaking quarterbacks, okay? But both of them have quarterbacks with a lot to prove. Both of them have, um, you know, really exciting running backs. Um, and Northwestern kind of have a one-two punch. Um, ne- Nebraska probably, as you look at it, have um, should have the, the better QB. Um, but I suppose, um, you know, the, the, look, the, the week zero game – both of these sides are really looking to get off to a fast start, and uh, it, that that one will be inter- interesting. And both both teams have um, a kind of a, an interesting Irish connection. Uh, for Northwestern, it is going back to John Paddy Driscoll, who was one of the finest players to ever grace the early NFL. He played all three phases of the game. It was crazy. He played running back, quarterback, he played D-back, and he was a punter and uh, a kicker. And uh, he was uh, quite something in, in Chicago. And uh, for for Nebraska, it was um, an, an Irish-American, Jerry Murta, um, who won the 1970 college championship um, with them. So both of these teams steeped in history, uh, but as I said, kind of both needing to turn um, their programs around after a couple of disappointing years. Brian, for anyone watching this that is an NFL fan and maybe hasn't got her tickets yet, um, how would you persuade them to come to this game? Because the fact that we have a college game in Ireland and obviously Notre Dame coming over next year, it's it's really maybe the time to jump on this now and come and see what it's really like in person because you can't really compare it, can you? Yeah, but the college games are a unique experience. I mean, it's hard to 
comparing going to an NFL game as to going to a college game, and we've been fortunate to go to, as Conor was touched on, the number of college games over the past couple of years. And even started these college games, unfortunately, because of COVID, well, thankfully, it's coming around again. But it's not just so much about the game, it's the spectacle, it's the carnival leading up to the game. And you touched on it there, or Michael, the information's available on, their, on the website around where the event is going to take place leading up to the game, not just on the, on the Saturday afternoon because it's a halfway kickoff, but on the Friday evening. So it's well worth going to. And for anybody who is an American football fan, whether it's the college game or the NFL, to get to a college game a fortnight before the new season, it only whets the appetite and only allows for more growing interest. And then next year, Notre Dame are coming as well. So, I mean, you can't get any more hope hopeful than that. Stay tuned to our socials for some interesting news in regards to the game in Dublin in two weeks time if you're seeing this on Tech Talk this weekend two weeks to this game can't wait uh, I've, I've missed saying this AOB any of our business um, I've got our business um, I um, won't comment can we get selfies from you lads in the Aviva oh, absolutely man column charges 10 euro I'm, I'm joking uh, <laughs> AOB um do you know what? I, I have nothing to say. I'm, lads, I'm really excited for the season to start. Um, really can't wait to go to Munich. Uh, I am proud to say that I was 65,000 in the queue last month. And I genuinely feel that it's going to be a disaster getting tickets in a good way. It's going to be great crack. Um, I have no knowledge whatsoever. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a game. You've got the games in London next year, the, the three games. I presume there'll be two games in Germany immediately after, both Frankfurt and Munich next year. Would not be surprised. Um, Colm, have, have you anything to add to tonight's broadcast before we raise a I, I, I do. Uh, great to see that uh, Fred uh, also uh, recognises that John Paddy was a, a legend. But I think some, some good news uh, is emerging um, You know, in, in terms of... Uh, the enjoyment of the game in terms of watching it and that is that the league is looking at the roughing the passer uh, rule and, and looking at, at tweaking it um, there was a record number of roughing the passer calls last year um, there I think just about you know we need to protect quarterbacks okay that obviously that is really important both from um, most importantly from a player safety perspective right nobody wants to see anybody get injured we talked to, to Jim McMahon, a guy who was deliberately targeted, um, you know, um, by by the opposition at times, who ba- basically was assaulted. Um, let let you know, make no bones about it that that ball was gone a good five seconds, um, when he was absolutely drilled into the turf. Um, and there's plenty of other QBs who who suffered similar. So nobody wants to see that. But equally, you don't want to see. Um, players kind of penalized for making good tackles or, um, you know, ju- ju- this um, kind of the, the full weight, like how, what is a player supposed to do? So um, it, it's good to hear that the league is at least looking at it. And I'm hoping, hopeful, hoping um, that that might make a, a difference because it is sometimes infuriating just to, to see um, an edge rusher get to the QB, make a good tackle, and then the flag comes out. Nothing in particular, Michael. The Giants are playing in an hour. Um, I'm looking forward to watching that, despite the fact it's preseason. So there's there's one. And then I would just say you're going to sit up and watch it. I am, Michael. 
Don't be surprised. I haven't seen any game for a long time. So I'll well, I mean, you're, you're a Man United, Ireland, Dublin fan, so it's been a rough year. So I it's have been a rough year, but oh, that was my conference. Um, I wouldn't be getting crowned too much. Um, and then the other thing I would just say is, look, it, it, you know, we've got a number of shows coming up later this season. You touched on it earlier. The fact we're going to do divisional previews, which I don't believe we did last year, but ultimately the best one of, is always the season preview show, which was very entertaining last year in terms of the picks for divisions and who was going to go to the Super Bowl and the playoffs. So I'm looking forward to doing that show, which is again, because it's always entertaining, especially if we, who knows, we might have a four person back by then. We'll see. No. Um, looking forward very much to the season previews and everything going on in the next few weeks. If you're listening to this on the podcast format, folks, uh, please subscribe, please follow us if you're in Spotify please give us a review really appreciate it um and really appreciate your support if you've had if you've any feedback to give us in the podcast you can email podcast at irishnflshow.com and i'm looking at everyone watching live thanks to everyone watching live tonight we could crack we now have a new button uh, which actually i haven't showed these guys which does this he's ready boys what's this yeah there's the music in the background this is going to be a disaster out of that however for everyone watching that uh, tonight folks massively appreciate you taking the time on your thursday night listening to us lads chat we crack about football uh, you can get us on tiktok at nfl ireland facebook search irish nfl show youtube subscribers giveaways coming over the next few weeks on youtube and um, on twitter at ire nfl uh, from michael colin brian that's us yeah yeah, yeah. That's the, the, the This is as I think as as quiet as as it's going to be. Like it only kind of ramps up from here as we uh, head towards um, the beginning of of re of real football. The, the next few weeks are the opportunity for teams obviously to make tweaks, um, and we'll see some guys you know un, undrafted free agent make big plays over the course of preseason, make the fifty three man rosters, and hopefully go on to have great careers. And, the, and these shows are the quiet ones. Uh, I tell they you are. Uh, <laughs> it'll be busy in a few weeks, Brian. You got the Roses League coming up, and oh, absolutely, yeah, it's almost that. over. And it, it, it'll be a good crack before Champo starts. Lads, uh, we've hit the one hour mark. Thanks a million. If you are listening to the podcast, please give us a sub. We'll see you uh, next Thursday night. Chris Ballard and Jordan Schultz Sunday, seven o'clock YouTube, ten o'clock podcast, or if you're really keen, seven o'clock sorry podcast on Saturday. 10 o'clock Twitter. I'll get that all right for the start of the season. 